Hello, I'm Curtis Powers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I really appreciate it. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having some nice fall weather wherever you are. We are here, and it's been a blessing. We just recently got back from our trip to Texas and Oklahoma, and it was a great joy to meet so many of you and to meet a lot of new people, and we were just thankful for that. Thank you so much for praying for us. We felt God's blessing throughout the whole trip in so many different ways, and we're grateful for that. We have another trip coming up this next week to the Build, Dwell, Plant Conference in St. Louis, Missouri, and the links are below for that if you'd like to attend that. But hopefully we'll meet many of you there. This week, I'm going to talk about something that we all need to be growing and nurturing in our life. And what that is, is courage. We need the courage to stand. Uh, the old saying that goes, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is good men do nothing is so true. And what causes good men to do nothing? It's when they lose the courage to stand. They become cowardly in their actions and the things they do because the culture has put so much pressure on them and it's forced them into this box where they feel one guy standing up for what's right is not going to do anything. It's not going to make a difference anyway. I'm here to tell you it will. And we're at the most pivotal time in this battle. And I'll go through why and what they've done to purposefully uproot the courage that was in our culture traditionally. We were very courageous people. And then what we need to do now. But this is very important because if we don't have courage, we are going to end real soon in tyranny. It's coming very quickly, 2030, 2035, and they see resistance starting to grow. And that's why they're going to do even more than ever to make us feel afraid, make us feel, oh, we can't stand up against this. It's too big. Everyone believes what they're saying. I'm the only one that doesn't. That's always a lie, but we're going to talk about that today. But thank you so much for joining me. A few of you emailed me that have lived in Israel and you said it's no longer a crime to share the gospel. That's wonderful news. I'm so glad it's still listed as a hostile nation toward the gospel on the Voice of Martyrs website, but that's great. I just know what I was told by some people that were missionaries there in the 80s and 90s when it was very restricted and punished um, by the force of law, but I'm glad if that's not the case anymore. We are heading into chaos, conflict, confusion, and it's all purposeful. I read something this week that kind of explains it pretty clearly. The globalist cabal behind the Great Reset Plan desperately want war. The bigger, the better, as this will facilitate the transition into their new world order. War destroys supply chains, the energy sector, food supply, and the workforce which creates dependency on government, which in turn will be taken over by private interest in central banks through the collapse of the global economy. And I was like, yep, that's exactly right. That's why we need courage right now, like we've never had it before, because I think we're gonna need to stand against everything that's coming our way and courageously so that it grows and infects other people and we can really make a difference with that. But I think something big is going on right now. 
it's just there's so many things i'm not sure exactly what it is but i know 2030 is a key year that they want totalitarian control of the entire world by that date i don't know if they'll have it or not but they realize that is fast approaching and they're not getting to the finish line as fast as they had hoped because of the resistance that's started to, to well up worldwide from the COVID nonsense. So many people's eyes were opened to the lies, to the deceit, to the totalitarian ambitions of those in power. And of course, you have the COVID shot now. I, I was reading some things this week. It's great. Their narrative is totally collapsing. And people are starting to say more and more, no, I don't want that. And I, by the way, I don't want any of your vaccines. And I'm like, that is wonderful. That's good news. Because the more we say no to all their toxins, all their force this or force that or manipulations, the better. I also saw this week, the climate science is starting to fall apart. For some reason, a top scientific journal published an article by a large group of top scientists and they say the whole climate crisis is a lie man has no influence on it no effect on it and by the way it's not even really happening there's not a crisis coming and so that's been their main vehicle for totalitarian control and if that starts to break down they know they're going to lose control because that's the only thing that legitimized you know, censorship and cutting the First Amendment and cutting the Second Amendment and cutting the freedom to travel and cutting, you know, all the things they're doing to enslave us. Also, you know, over the last year or two, Russia wasn't provoked into attacking America like I believe they really wanted. Uh, the Ukraine being pushed into NATO or, or acting like they're going to do that, which was very provocative, that didn't work. And the U.S. blew up their Nord Stream pipeline, and that didn't work. And then it confiscated $300 billion out of their personal bank accounts from the banking system, and that didn't do it. And sanctions didn't do it. I, I think they were hoping that Putin would be more of a hothead. It would strike, and so they could get the whole show going for World War III. But they feverishly are working to create the conditions at home and abroad for civil war, world war. You see it in the chaos, confusion, division, conflict, stirring the pot. <laughs> they're, just, they're just stirring things up and you can feel it. Some people don't understand why they would want a world war. There'd be so much death and everything. Well, of course, that would be one of the main reasons for it. They've got to cut population. They need to destroy patriotic countries like America. We're number one on the list to be demoted and to be destroyed so they can have their world government. It creates the crisis needed, you know, for a global solution. When the whole world's at war, like they tried to do in World War I, and then with the League of Nations, and then World War II, and the United Nations, where they tried to create world government from the chaos of war, it didn't work. But they think, I think this next one, if we have it go nuclear and, you know, hundreds or thousands of cities worldwide are decimated, the people might be ready for world government. And they might. That's And they know that. But it also, another key thing it would do if they could stir it up, get the Middle East conflict really going, 
get China to attack Taiwan. So that's all going. So America is just falling apart because we don't have the funds to support three different wars or more at the same time. But they know a financial collapse is coming soon. They've been propping this thing for 20 years since before 2008, but really starting in 2008, they realized this fiat currency system is ready to collapse. Just keep pumping money in as long as we can till we can get a system ready like a CBDC, a digital currency, and then we can get total control of things. But they know it's going to collapse here. And they would love to have the excuse of the reason it collapsed is because of the world war. The reason it collapsed, it wasn't us in power. If you would have given us more power, this would not have happened. And that's what they always do. But we're spending each year over $3 trillion more than we take in. And that's just a pump into the economy to prop things up. And they're not going to be able to do it that much longer. Also, all these different things to sidetrack us, to overwhelm us, they're really to cover up what happened on January 6th, 2021. Not the insurrection by the patriots that were protesting to have the election looked into. It's by the military, by our congressional leaders that had a coup of our country on that day and took it over. That's what they're trying to hide. That, that's the, the key thing to remember this. We, if we let that just slip into history as, oh, well, whatever, maybe next time we'll get them. Um, when we didn't realize, no, we were actually taken over on that day by enemy forces within our own country and government. And to think that the 2024 election is gonna be anything different is kind of naive, I think, because unless God steps in and exposes the plans on a broad scale before the election, they're going to win the next election. They've already done it twice in a row. They know what they're doing. They only have to corrupt five counties in the entire United States of America to swing a presidential election. It just so happens that each of the five swing states have one major liberal county in them where you can create enough votes to overwhelm the system and get whoever you want to win. And that's what they did in 2020. But they know that. And so they don't want that looked into. So that's why they're just continuing to just throw more and more things at us. So that kind of fades into the background. And we no longer are focused on, we need to expose what happened. One of the key ways they have collapsed our courage as a people is through the Marxist age-segregated peer grouping that he talked about. It's what's going on in our schools, in our churches, in our little leagues, in everything. Every child is age-segregated and peer grouped where their whole life, if they're an 11-year-old, is spent with an 11-year-old. Or when they turn 12, a 12-year-old. That does so many different things. One, it causes them to always be a fool because they've always hung around people that don't know anything more than they do. It makes them a sitting target for the teacher's propaganda because they don't know anything. So whatever the teacher says to them, oh, that must be true. I guess they know something. I don't know anything. And, and then it also, it breaks down the courage. When from five years old, you've learned if you do anything different, you're gonna be teased, mocked, ridiculed, you learn just to go along, 
to get along. It becomes like that's your whole point in life. I, I just want to go along to get along. Because you learned at five years old when you walked into kindergarten with red shoes on and everybody else had white shoes on, you were mocked and bullied over that. And you realize, oh, I've got to do exactly what everybody else is doing. And that's why all the young people, especially the troubled ones that are dressed like freaks, it's always been interesting to me. They all look exactly the same. And yet they say, I'm doing my own thing because they've been brainwashed to believe following the crowd is doing their own thing. That's what it means to be me. And so you look at them all, same hair, same clothes, same way they're wearing their things. They listen to the same music. They're clones of each other and they act like they're being independent. They've been lied to and don't realize every different option for them to choose regarding their individuality is something that has been set up for them by the elites. The elites want to create cookie cutter people that do as they are told, but where they feel like, no, I'm totally independent. I'm myself. I make my own decisions. I do what I want to do when really they're being manipulated by the propaganda and the media and the advertisements and Hollywood to do exactly what they are told while they think they are being unique. There's an old movie, and I don't recommend it at all, called The Breakfast Club. And in this movie, they have the stereotypical roles of individuals they're trying to create. And they wanted to force us into those roles with all the hangups they say go along with those roles. And it just made me think of that, what's going on right now. The jock, he was a dumb athlete, poor student, doesn't have a clue what's going on in the real world, just a meathead. And so they wanted everyone that's athletic to think that's cool, that's who you are, and, and to, to embrace that stereotype and have that become you. Then they had a rebel. He, of course, was the cool one. He was the drug addict rebelling against the system by disobeying all authority. And they made him to be out as the coolest person to be, the rebel. And so all rebels now just rebel against everything. And you're really cool. And using drugs is great, makes you smarter. And so that was part of their propaganda. They had a guy that was the good student. And it was interesting to me. He, of course, was a total nerd that no one would ever want to be like. And so they're ridiculing the one guy that does study, that does make good grades, who actually will be somebody. And he will be the one hiring all the others because he is applying himself and he's learning, he's disciplined. But, you know, they make him out to be, yeah, he gets good grades, but he can't do anything else. Just a total idiot. So it made you not want to be that person. So a good student will go, oh, I better become a rebel or an athlete. And then, of course, they had the prom queen type of person, a loose, immoral, superficial whore that has no concern for anything that matters. And that's your choice is you need to pick through those people. Who are you going to be? And all of them were just pathetic people. But so your role models they're putting forward are pathetic people. And so it's just amazing to me. But watch this clip here on conformity, how it works. It's so powerful. But the positive is the reverse of it works well. When people start breaking out of the molds and say, no, thank you. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not taking your shot. 
um, I'm not quitting from this job. I'm going to sue you into the ground if you try to fire me. I'm, you know, or I'm going to start my own business competing with you. When they start just breaking away and not submitting, it can have tremendous influence on stirring others to do the same. In the 1950s, the social psychologist Solomon Ash conducted an experiment which demonstrated the degree to which individuals will reject what they think is true in order to conform to the majority. In the experiment, Ash showed a test subject two cards. On the first card was a single line, and on the second card were three lines, A, B, and C, with only line C being the same length as the line on the first card. Ash instructed the test subject to state which line on the second card was the same length as the line on the first card. However, before the test subject gave an answer, they witnessed seven confederates, or individuals who were in on the experiment, state that line B was the same length as the line on the first card. Rather than state the obvious truth, the test subjects gave the same wrong answer as the group 37% of the time. And of the 123 test subjects who took part in this experiment, two-thirds went along with the group at least once. Ash's experiment confirms what philosophers have been reiterating for thousands of years. For most human beings conforming to what others say and do, no matter how objectively false or absurd, takes precedence over adapting to reality and discovering the truth. In reflecting on Ash's experiment, the psychologist Todd Rose explains, We care about being in the numerical majority even when we don't necessarily care about the group and even when the group opinion is merely an illusion. Acting on instinct, in social situations our brains don't actually bother to make the distinction between appearance and reality. Even in the absence of intentional pressure or incentives, we like to go along with what we think is the consensus because, quite simply, we're biologically wired to do so. Our inclination to go along with what we think is the consensus makes us vulnerable to propaganda and easily manipulated. For one of the primary ways that governments, corporations, and global institutions influence public opinion and shape mass behavior is by manufacturing illusions of consensus. They harness the power of the mainstream media and social media for the express purpose of making it seem as if the majority supports certain agendas, ideologies, and mandates. Isn't that interesting? That people willfully chose the wrong thing just to fit in. Well, that's from an age-segregated peer group system <laughs> that you get like that where you can't just say, no, two plus two equals four. I don't care if everybody else is saying it's five, I know it's four. We had the confidence to have the right answer, to be the example, to be the leader. That's what has been whipped out of the system intentionally. And so by having that age segregated peer group world your whole life, it makes you so fearful of being different, so fearful that someone might point you out as well, you're not wearing the mask. And that that terrorizes people. And so they just conform. But Fear is the primary vehicle that they're using, and they send it in waves. Something creates fear, and then they pull it back. Something creates more fear and pull it back over and over. They say when it comes in waves, finally it just breaks you down completely where you just submit. We need to realize every time we feel fear, 
We need to act against it to train ourselves to have fear be the vehicle that floods us with moral courage and more focus to engage whoever created the fear and stand against them. They've set the stage perfectly for a huge problem in a thousand different ways. And that's why today I'm talking to you about courage. You need courage in so many different ways to stand for what is right and to ignore um, the propaganda, to ignore when they say, oh, the consensus, everyone agrees, you know, that global warming is a crisis. It's a lie. Every time, every one of their polls, every one of their statistics, they know what they are doing. They want you to feel in the minority if you're standing against them in hopes that it will create fear in you and you'll finally just submit. And to all the useless eaters, the 67% that just go along, even when they know it's wrong, um, they want to keep pressure on them. So they always do that. But here's what's happened recently. In the last few years, we've lived through this. They got the patriots out of the military by forcing the vax and by making the military an unpatriotic place. They've dumbed down the military by getting them into the trans nonsense, the drag shows, etc. So then you have a pathetic military with pathetic leaders. The leaders are evil men that hate America. That's what's so rotten about it. And I know there's still some well-meaning uh, young men and women that are in there because they're patriots. But the reality is that the, the higher ups hate this country and want world government. Over the last several years, they've also defunded the police and got all the good police out by being so disrespectful of them that who would want to be a police when they're just mocking you and spitting on you and, and you know, having protest against you when you're just trying to help. And so in doing that, it's weakened our ability to uphold law and order. Well, that's purposeful. They know that because then they know, and we're just this close anytime we want to creating complete chaos and civil war. Then with those other two things, they've opened the border to let millions in of radicals. And I'm sure there's tens of thousands of radical jihadists that have come in, tens of thousands of CCP soldiers that have come in, uh, military age young men, so they can strike from within whenever they want. I mean, with a thousand people, you could take down America from within in seven days, easily, from cutting the power grid, to poisoning things, to doing different things that I've heard them talk about. Our Congress is aware of these things, but has done nothing to harden infrastructure or anything. But so it's all here. Everything is set up. We're just with the flip of a switch. All of a sudden, our life changes completely overnight. And that's the time when men need to stand up and be men. In the olden days, they were like, okay, if this is war, we're ready. And they would go engage it. If they died, they died. They didn't care about that. They cared about the principles they were standing upon. They cared about the truth. They cared about their children and grandchildren, that they wouldn't live as slaves. So they were like, yeah, if I have to die, no big deal. And now we see this last couple of weeks, they're stirring up radicals worldwide, talking about the foolishness of the Palestine state 
and the persecuted Palestinians, which is a total lie, and that Israel doesn't have a right to defend itself, now is the time for courage, I'm telling you, because they need something big before the next election, which is in 12 months, and many big things before 2030. They will not be protecting you or me. <laughs> they will not be upholding law and order. They do want a major crisis inside of America in hopes of creating a civil war. And it's time to be mentally prepared, just like I said. I have pages of notes here, but it's, as I've been thinking about this, we just need to mentally be at a different level. We're like, no, okay, I'm, I'm ready for this. If they choose to fire the first shot, we need to be ready already mentally. You can't then go, okay, wow, they're, they're rounding up Americans into concentration camps. I better do something. It's too late then. I'm saying right now, prepare mentally for that reality. If that were to happen, they're rounding up Americans. They're going door to door, disarming people. What would you do? Would you do anything? Just let them do it and push us into total slavery? Or would you stand? Well, I'd be thinking about that now. The interesting thing about what's going on in the Middle East is Hamas, of course, is a terrorist organization, but their sister organization is the Muslim Brotherhood, which I want to remind you again, was the organization that ran America for eight years during the Obama presidency. They were the ones telling him what to do, where to do it, and how to do it. It's, it's unbelievable. We can't forget that the FBI has funded them, encouraged them, even given awards to many of the Islamic radicals that lead the Muslim Brotherhood and CARE and those different evil organizations. And still the Democrats and the establishment, they love radical Islam. You know why? Because they know radical Islam hates America as much as they do. Democrats hate traditional America. They hate it with every fiber in their body. That's why they've been in the universities teaching our children this is an evil, wicked country. They hate everything about it. That's why most of them, 80% of college professors, you know, self-identify as a Marxist because they've worked their way into influencing the children. Watch this clip real quickly if you haven't seen it. It's just a couple minutes long, but it's about the insurrection that's going on right now in Washington, D.C., a real one, and nothing's being done. This is the march outside, the pro-Palestinian march going on outside. And then we have this happening inside of our building. I'm gonna take you guys down so you can see what's happening on the third floor. taken over. This is insanity. This is where the press does all their hits. Of course they know what they're doing. They always know what they're doing.
Did you see that? They stormed the Capitol, stopped Congress, pulled a fire alarm even. They refused to leave, and there's been no arrest, no charges, no insurrection accusations. It's all a lie. It totally exposes the January 6th lie. Only conservatives don't have the right to petition their government in a protest. Everybody else does. Isn't that amazing? It's a, there's a war against you going on in our country right now. It's pretty amazing. The Marxist-inspired protest and insurrection going on in D.C. right now is clear set up to bring the Palestinian terrorists to America. They don't feel there's enough of them here. So just like what they did with Afghanistan, no one in any other country wants them, not even the Muslim countries want these radicals because they'll start blowing themselves up in their own countries, attacking their own people because they're not radical enough and creating the chaos, like get them out of here. But you watch and see the Democrats are going to try to bring them to America any way possible. So there'll be more radicals here for whenever the deep state says, okay, now's the time, stir the conflict, stir them up, don't arrest them, and let's get the Marxist revolution we've always wanted since the 1920s going. Communists love revolutions because it creates death, it creates fear and conquest for them, and that's what they're doing. Just remember too, the, the Palestinians are not really a group, they're not a race or anything like that. They're just displaced peoples from the radical Muslim nations that forced them to stay in Israel to be a thorn in their side after the 1967 war. But they were the ones that rejoiced over 9-11. When they saw thousands of Americans die, they had big parties in the street. They're demonic. And they rejoiced recently over the slaughter of the Jewish children, the beheadings and everything. They were just dancing in the streets. They're demonic. We do not want them in America. Israel right now should clean house. But America needs to stay out completely. We can be totally supportive of Israel and the Jews without encouraging our country to get involved. The reason we don't want America to get involved is whenever America gets involved, it turns into an evil goal or evil ambitions involved in it. Our government is never involved in anything that's truly good. And so we don't want this to be corrupted. If the Israeli government is really just trying to protect their people and let the terrorists know they're no longer welcome anywhere near Israel, that's great. But if America gets involved, it will be about other things and purposefully used to stir up a bigger conflict in hopes of a world war. So we've got a video below, a fantastic video you need to watch by Jonathan Kahn, and it has lots of great biblical info about what is going on right now. I think you'll really enjoy that. So what do we need to do? So many things, but it starts by literally just fortifying your courage to stand. Stand in every little way possible that you can each day to keep building that courage. And every day you feel fearful about something, make sure you act in that area so that your body starts to realize fear is the adrenaline shot I need for action, to have courage. I'm not going to allow it to be something that makes me quake in the corner. I'm going to use it as a tool. 
when I feel fear, I'm going to stand against whatever that is that's causing my fear. And do you have the courage to be different and homeschool your children? Do you have the courage to do that? Well, everyone will say, why are you doing that? What's wrong with the schools or whatever? I don't know. Think about that. Do you have the courage to be a pastor, those of you that are pastors, only concerned about what God thinks? I know most pastors in America would answer that. No, they do not have the courage to do that. They're shaken in their shoes. They're scared of their own people. They're scared of the next fad coming on in our country and how they're going to make it look like it's a Christian thing to do to be involved in that. Well, you're going to stand before God and give an account of that. Do you have the courage to be a parent that's willing to say no to friends and family even? And if they're doing things different than you think they should be done, are you going to protect your children? I remember having to do that many times, being invited over by family or friends. Maybe something was going on, an event, or they were going to watch a movie or something. And I didn't feel it was good. And I'd say, no, uh, we're busy. Sorry, we're not going to be able to make it. But a parent has to have the courage to, to protect their children. That's your job. And if you don't, you need to get it now because the whole battle is for them. Their hearts, minds, and souls. They want to destroy your children. And if you don't stand in the gap between them and your children, you will lose them and it will be your fault. Men, are you protecting your wife from all the propaganda the world's trying to feed them about what is a fulfilling life and, and, and everything else that is a total lie? I hope you are. You need to protect them. Do you have the courage to stand on a street corner and preach the gospel? I know most people would go, I don't think I could do that. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage to do that. You can start by just sharing the gospel with a friend at lunch, where you start to go, no, I can do this. Anything you're fearful of, you should be doing regularly. If you're fearful of it, put it on the schedule to do it every single day so you can build up your courage and realize fear has no power over you. Do you have the courage to confront your pastor if he's not protecting and directing the sheep, do you have the courage to do that? To go have a meeting with him and say, what are you doing? Your job is to protect. Are you a hireling? Are you just a counterfeit? Did you get into this because you thought it'd be a nice life or because God called you into it? You need to confront them kindly, but you need to confront them. And then if they're clearly a hireling, you have to find another church? Do you have the courage to tell your boss what is wrong with your woke satanic company? Go in there, what are you guys doing? You're destroying our country, you're destroying our children, you're destroying and taking away our constitutional rights and freedoms by getting behind these schemes of the globalists to enslave us all. What are you doing? And give them a piece of your mind. If you get fired, then go start a business that competes with them and put them out of business. Do you have the courage to give up all the luxuries of life, if necessary, to raise the next generation to follow the Lord? We might be called on sooner than later to sell everything and get out of here and go somewhere else. Would you be willing to do that? Or, oh, I could never move. My friends are here. Or would you say, my children are priceless to me? If I have to move to Zimbabwe 
to raise my children properly, I'm willing to do that and to teach and train them to follow the Lord and to stand for what is right. And I'm not saying we need to do that, but we need to be thinking through things. If a world war starts overnight and 10 cities are gone in America and the chaos and the power outages start, what are you doing? If you don't have the courage right now to take off your mask, you're not gonna be doing anything except exactly what you are told. And we can't do that anymore. In America, our government has no legitimate authority to make us do what they want us to do. Do you realize that? So any law that's telling you like a mask, or you have to stay in your home, or you have to close your business, or you can't go to church, they have no authority to do that. So you're not disobeying the authorities. We've been brainwashed by the establishment church to believe any disobedience of government is evil and wrong. Well, that's not true. And so we must stand and protect the innocence, even if it costs us our life. We must stand for the truth, even if it costs us our life. We must stand against our government when they are doing what is evil, even if it costs us our life. We need to remember these things. And like the example of Bonhoeffer, a pastor in Germany who plotted and almost pulled off the assassination of the authority of that country, Adolf Hitler, He's a hero for that, and he should be, because he realized, no, this is evil. He's slaughtering the Jews, um, and I'm not putting up with this. He must be stopped. And as a Christian, I have to love my neighbor enough to do whatever necessary to stop him. And if they catch me in the process and end up executing me, which they did, then so be it. I'm going to heaven. I'm not worried about that. Whatever we've done to stand for the least of these, we've done unto the Lord. He's told us that. That's why our courage is so important. That's why we have to stand now in every little area possible to build the courage for the next level and the next level because I think the levels are coming. I, I think we're just months, weeks, years, whatever, for major things happening because as they lose control, they will do whatever necessary to stop the resistance. And so we need to be right now ready to stand. Watch this clip about what happened in Czechoslovakia. And I hope it encourages you how one person can make a difference. One person's example to others can start growing contagiously and take down a communist empire peacefully, even when everyone finally says, no, I'm not doing that. And they realize those in power, we don't have anybody else to control. Everyone is saying, no, thank you. And the military joins in and says, no, thank you. And all of a sudden the dictator falls. It happened in many countries like Romania and Czechoslovakia, just in the 1980s. And watch this clip and then I'll close things up. In communist Czechoslovakia, there was a man who sold fruit and vegetables in a corner store. Each morning he hung a government-endorsed sign in the window which read, Workers of the world, unite. The green grocer did not believe in the message of the sign. To him, it was nothing more than cliché propaganda. After decades of harsh political oppression, it was clear to him that the government's alleged concern for the workers of the world was an ideological front to conceal their thirst for power. Yet even though the green grocer knew that the sign was propaganda, each morning he hung the sign anyways, because that's what everyone else did. 
government-endorsed signs hung in the window of every shop, they formed a part of what Václav Havel called the panorama of everyday life which helped to create and sustain the collective illusion that the majority supported the government. And it was this collective illusion of consensus, more than any other factor, which secured mass compliance. Or as Timothy Snyder explains in the introduction to The Power of the Powerless, the green grocer hangs his sign not because he receives an order, but because he sees that others do likewise. Others, in turn, follow his example. The system is totalitarian not because some individual has total power, but because power is shared in conditions of total irresponsibility. Or as Havel explained, Without the greengrocer's slogan, the office worker's slogan could not exist, and vice versa. By exhibiting their slogans, each compels the other to accept the rules of the game and to confirm thereby the power that requires the slogans in the first place. Quite simply, each helps the other to be obedient. In the totalitarian system, everyone in his or her own way is both a victim and a supporter of the system. One day, the greengrocer decided he was sick of supporting an authoritarian government, and so he stopped hanging the sign in his window. What is more, he stopped voting in what he considered to be farcical elections, stopped regurgitating government propaganda, and started to publicly express his real opinions. These seemingly simple acts initiated a remarkable ripple effect, for as Todd Rose writes, Surprisingly, with amazing speed, the greengrocer began to gain support for the simple reason that everyone else in the city felt exactly the same way he did. Tired of living under oppression, the tailor and the baker and the office worker followed his lead. The moment the greengrocer stopped cooperating, he sent a signal to everyone else that they could do likewise. The destruction of this collective illusion culminated in the Velvet Revolution, one of the only historical occurrences of a peaceful revolution which toppled an oppressive regime. How this revolution came to be, and how it achieved such profound political change in just 11 days, puzzles some historians. However, what is often overlooked is the fact that the seeds of this revolution were planted in the years prior by all the unsung heroes of Czechoslovakia whose behavior was patterned in accordance with the allegory of the green grocer. Or as Václav Havel explained, by breaking the rules of the game of tyranny, the green grocer disrupted the game. He exposed it as a mere game. He said that the emperor is naked, and because the emperor is in fact naked, something extremely dangerous happened. By his action, the greengrocer enabled everyone to peer behind the curtain. He showed everyone that it is possible to live within the truth. That's so important for us to remember that most of their power is just an illusion. They don't really have it. I mentioned it about a year ago, but the reality is if they had all the military, all the police, all the National Guard, and all of them were willing to come against the American people, that's only the manpower necessary to lock down six cities in America. <laughs> that, that's, that's everything, and, and everyone would not go along. There's many good people in the military. There's many good policemen and things like that. And so that's, that's encouraging. And, and their power is just an illusion. 
but also the conformity is just an illusion. Most people are thinking just like you are. There's a fringe 10% on their side that are radical, Marxist, brain dead, just anything to destroy, whatever, like the people protesting at the Capitol. But there's a huge majority that are sane and they know in their heart that they're just going along to get along, but they don't believe it. They don't believe there's a climate crisis. They just virtue signal everybody with little things because they don't want to be outcast apart from a group. But we need to stop that. And just like in Czechoslovakia there, and the same thing happened in Romania and other places, when people saw people that were really willing to stand, it all of a sudden motivated them to do the same thing and to admit, yeah, two plus two, it equals four. And I just want to encourage you in that. Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote an essay, Live Not By Lies, which we talked about a year or so ago. And it's so powerful. And that's what he told the people in the Soviet Union, don't live by lies anymore. If someone at a meeting stands up and says something that's not true, you get up and walk out. Refuse to be silent in the face of a lie. That's what I'm telling you to do. That's what I want to encourage you to do. Refuse to be silent in the face of a lie. That means we confront. No, I'm not putting on the mask because it doesn't do anything. And here's a report that shows that if you haven't read it. And we, we, we stand with courage. We expose their lies. We don't just stand against the evil, but we tell the people why. We have the medical report printed off in our car to give someone. Here's a study done on masks, and it shows they do nothing to stop the spread of a virus or whatever it might be. We need to be ambassadors for the truth. We need to stand against this evil because it is hurting our neighbor, and we're supposed to love our neighbor. And we need to just be prepared mentally, and that all starts today, where you have courage to expose every lie that you come in contact with. If there's a poster in a store that's a lie advertising something, you need to go talk to the people in the store. Say, why do you have that poster in the window? That's not true. That's a total lie. And we, we just need to stand against it where people start to feel intimidated not to stand for the truth because they know we're going to come after them. That's why so many people submit to the peer pressure because the other side is so good at, at you know canceling you and attacking you. If you say one word that's not just the way they want it, they're coming after you to whip you into submission. Well, we need to whip the other side into submission by lovingly but courageously speaking the truth always and not being silent. And um, I pray that our efforts to do this will be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Thank you so much to those of you that are subscribers for supporting what we do. We appreciate it greatly. And our verse for this week is, it's 2 Timothy 2.15. And we might have had this one before, but it's not highlighted in my Bible app. I always highlight the verses that we have, so I don't use the same ones. But I feel like we've used this one in the past, but it's a great one. Make sure you've memorized this. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. As we get into that Bible and we study it and we apply it to our life, we will have the courage. We will know what is right and we will be a tremendous blessing to those around us as we do stand 
and we do speak and we do live out the things the Bibles ask us to do. But until next week, God bless you.